As a um, way of life over the last number of years, when it's come to December time, I have chosen to, amongst other things that I'm reading from the scriptures, to go through the nativity verses. Because what I found is that every time I've approached them, I've seen something new and something different and something fresh. I mean, it is the most amazing thing that the uncreated Son of God is sent in the form of a human being and that of a vulnerable newborn child to be the savior of the world. It's stunning that the creator becomes one of the created, that he's born of a, of a woman. Amazing. And there's something holy and there's mystery and there's wonder in what takes place. And I think as much as we will reread it every year of our lives, maybe, boy, there's still much more to come through. What helps me receive more is to read in different translations. Because different translations have the effect of bringing out different perspectives. And uh, this year, it's my absolute delight uh, to read it in what is a recently published Passion Translation of the New Testament with Song of Songs, Psalms, and Proverbs. And um, this is an ongoing work. Brian Simmons, who's doing this translation process, he is a linguist. Um, he is going through the whole Bible, and it's going to be a contemporary translation. So right now, the New Testament with these three Old Testament books is out, but then subsequently, there will be the Old Testament as well to complete the Bible. So probably it's best that you follow it as I speak it, because I guess it's unlikely that you guys have this Passion Translation with you. Um, so I'm just going to read from Luke chapter 2, a few verses about the birth of Jesus from the Passion Translation. That night, in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God, and the shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid, for I have come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it is for everyone everywhere. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. You will recognize him by this miracle sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Then all at once, a vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very armies of heaven, and they all praise God, singing, glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. And in reading this translation, something dawned on me 
that I never understood before. What Brian Simmons does is to translate from the Greek and the Aramaic. Aramaic was actually the language of the time. And because of his understanding of the contemporary culture, he brings out through his translation some things that because we're living 2,000 years uh, distant in a, another culture is not so apparent to us. And so the angel, first of all, appears to shepherds. And what is interesting about these shepherds who are looking after sheep on the hillside near Bethlehem is that these shepherds are providing lambs for the sacrifice at the temple. And because sacrifices were taking place regularly, there had to be a, a stream of lambs that were to be provided. And because of the requirements of the law, these lambs had to be without spot and without blemish. And so selected ewes who were about to give birth to lambs were taken to a, a watchtower, taken inside. And when these newborn lambs were born, in order to protect them so that they wouldn't be injured, these lambs were wrapped in cloth and placed in a manger, a feeding trough, so that they wouldn't run around and get hurt. That they would be unblemished and they would be spotless. And in reading this translation this month, the pennies dropped for me because I never understood what was the big deal about the sign. You shall find a child wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, I never made that connection. But the shepherds who came to see Jesus that night understood that this was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. They were the ones that dealt with lambs. But now a human has become the lamb. And he's wrapped in swaddling clothes so that he is unblemished and spotless. And because he doesn't have any blood lineage from humans, because God is his father. He is a lamb that is without sin. And every other lamb that's ever been produced for the Old Testament sacrifices could not take away sin. Hence, the sacrifice had to be repeated year by year. On the Day of Atonement, every year, a lamb 
was for the high priest for his own sins and a lamb for the sins of the nation. And as a result, every year, people are reminded of their sin because the sacrifice is perpetual under that system. But when the lamb comes, who knows no sin, but becomes perfect provision for humankind. This is my, this is what I want to communicate to you today. Jesus Christ is perfect provision for everybody. And he comes as a lamb that is ready to be slain, but a lamb that has known no sin. And here is the fabulous effect that his sacrifice is not, does not have to be repeated, but it's once and for all. And whereas the old covenant had these sacrifices that were on a regular basis, which kept reminding people of their sin, his sacrifice is able to take away sin forever. The consequence for you and I is this. None of us ever need to live sin conscious again. Because it's been dealt with. And we are delivered from living sin conscious to live sin conscious. It's not even our life that's lived anymore. It's his life that's lived in us. And our heart's affection and our eyes are to be taken up by Jesus. So that instead of living sin conscious, Hebrews says this, there is no, now no consciousness of sin because the perfect sacrifice has come. He is the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. And that's why the birth of Jesus is so linked with his ministry, his earthly ministry, even though it was for such a short time, because what happens is that when he first appears on the scene, John the Baptist says, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Don't have to live sin conscious. And so I guess your name is Liz. Liz, what you brought today, what God had put on your heart there from Isaiah 53 is a, I sense a real burden of God that he wants us to catch today, that he became the perfect sacrifice and the perfect offering so that we no longer have to carry what he carried. He died our death so that we can live his life. That is the amazing exchange. And I'm not a patched up version of what I once was. I'm a completely new creation in Christ that is now in him and he is in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of God and I can live Christ in a Christ conscious way. Now, that doesn't mean to say that it suddenly becomes a walk in the park because we have an enemy that is seeking to at all times accuse us and to cause us to think of the past and to think of failures. But we have a savior who ever lives to make intercession for us so that we are not living sin conscious, but we can actually live sin conscious. Because if we are living sin conscious, we've got nothing to give to others. We just pool in our suffering. But if we can live sun conscious, we have a hope to give.
because he is this spotless lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And so he, as the perfect, perfect provision, he is the perfect sacrifice. There's not going to be another sacrifice. Doesn't need to be. It's once and for all. Our issue is, do we believe in who he is and the sacrifice that he's made? Because when we put our trust in him, that's when that release takes place. I don't have to live under that old administration of how it was. I'm now living by trusting in him as my perfect provision in everything. And so the angels, when they announced his coming, glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and good hope given to the sons of men. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. Fabulous word. And it basically means wholeness. Especially in relationships. Especially in relationships. God is completely relational in what he expresses in relational terms. So when he says peace, it's a relational peace that's first of all, peace on the inside so that my body, soul, and spirit live in harmony and wholeness and I, that I'm not fractured on the inside his blood and his sacrifice brings me first of all peace on the inside because the prince of peace has come to live on the inside but also because I believe in his perfect sacrifice I now have according to Romans 5 Peace with God. He's no longer angry with me. When he sees me, he sees me through the eyes of Jesus. He sees me being in Christ. This is where I am. I'm in Christ. And therefore, I'm no longer under condemnation. And I'm no longer an object of wrath. Because his wrath was poured out on Jesus that the blessings of fellowship that Jesus knew with the Father for all eternity past is now transferred to me, is now transferred to you. And you can know peace relationally with your heavenly Father. Which means that knowing peace on the inside and peace with my heavenly Father, I can now know peace in my relationships with other people. Because me being the problem has been dealt with through the perfect sacrifice of Jesus. And instead of being fractured and dysfunctional, I now experience shalom and wholeness. That's why it's hope to the world. That's why if he can do it for me, he can do it for anybody because his sacrifice was for all men at all time, for everyone, everywhere.
So he's the perfect sacrifice that brings to us perfect shalom. The other word I want to mention to you today that begins with an S that's equally as powerful is in his ministry, Jesus stood up and said, come to me. All you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The Hebrew word for rest is Shabbat, which makes the word that we use Sabbath. But Jesus isn't our rest for one day a week. He is our Shabbat, our rest, as a way of life. So he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So he is the Prince of Peace. He is perfect rest. And the yoke was that piece of wood that joined two oxen together in order that they may plow in harmony and unison, so that they may walk together. Jesus says, come and take my yoke, what I'm living under, which is peace and which is rest. I want you to come and live under that with me. Which means we have to break from what we were once living under in order to receive the new, to receive this new yoke. And it's such a fundamental change in mindset that so many Christians can't believe it, and they go back to the old. And it's the distinction from no longer living under law to living under grace. Now this is the effect. Living under law is all about what I have to do in order to please God. And there was a list of things that people had to do under the old covenant to please God. And if my mindset ever turns towards things that I do to get his acceptance, I realize I'm living under a a wrong yoke. It is a law mentality. Anything you think that you can do to gain his acceptance is an expression of law. But Jesus set us free from law in order to bring us into grace. We won't go into it now, but this is Paul's um, issue when he's writing to the Romans in Romans chapter 7. That once we were married to the law. With all its requirements, with, with all its commands, 
and we were married to the law. Now, look, there's nothing wrong with the law. It just doesn't empower you. The law is good and perfect and righteous, but it can't empower you. It's like living in a house with Mr. Law. You're married to Mr. Law, and he's perfect. You're not. And the law says, I see this dust on top of the TV. And you go, oh, I'm so sorry. I repent. I've got to try harder because there's dust on the TV. And, the, and Mr. Law says, um, it's 5.35 and we normally have tea at 5.30. You go, I'm so sorry, Mr. Law, I repent. But it never empowers you to do anything about it. All he can ever do is to point out where you're going wrong. So here's the bind. Mr. Law's a good man. He's not unrighteous. He's a good man. And you're married to him. And you well know you can't divorce him. This is a lifelong connection with Mr. Law. Who is always right. And you're not. So what can you do about it? Can't divorce him. He's done nothing wrong. <laughs> Marge is having some ungodly suggestions on the front row here of what to do with Mr. Law. I'm not going to listen to her right now. And what Paul says happens is this. In Christ, I died. And if I've died, I'm free to marry somebody else. I'm free to marry Christ. Who is completely empowering because he gives me his life. This is just a summary of the first six verses of Romans 7. So that he gives me his life and he gives me his spirit so that by the spirit I can live Christ and the spirit empowers me to be Christ in this world. There is no condemnation now that I'm in Christ there is no subservience to the law and Mr. Law. But you know what happens? If I live by the Spirit, I fulfill every aspect of the law. Yes. It doesn't come through, about, come through by me trying to do it. It simply comes about by me yielding to Jesus inside of me to live in obedience to him. And he fulfills all the law, all the time. It's me living his life. And so that old yoke of law, he wants to destroy. He says, come to me. And take 
my yoke on you. And my yoke is easy because I'm going to live in you and do it through you. And my yoke is light because it's no longer going to be a life of requirements and burdens. I'm going to live in you and through you. And I'm going to give you what I'm living in, which is Shabbat. Rest. And all the time, the enemy is going, you've got to do this and you've got to do that. You haven't done this and you haven't done that. And our responsibility is to stand in Jesus and allow him to live his life in us and through us and to wear the enemy out with our rest. trying to make us jump we're not moving I stay in my salvation because he's my saviour I stay in my shalom because he's my peace I stay in my shabbat because he's my rest that's why it's Paul says you're a new creation because it's completely different to what was. Here's the challenge. The enemy is absolutely mad that we have received Christ and he wants us to go back into law. Yeah. And as our f- dear friend Danny Silk says, for most Christians, they live under the new old covenant. Because all they've done is adopted some different kinds of rules and regulations for the old covenant rules and regulations. Like you've got to read your Bible, you've got to pray every day, you've got to show up to life group, and you've got to witness. And none of them are in the new covenant. Nowhere in the Bible does it say you've got to read your Bible. But I was taught... As a little one, in Sunday school, with songs to go with it, read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day, if you want to grow. What happens is, instead of inviting people into love and peace and rest, we invite them into new covenant legalism which isn't new covenant at all. It's a new old covenant. And Jesus says, I'm not inviting you into any of that. I'm inviting you into relationship where I can, you can live in me and I can live in you and I can live my life in you and through you. And this is why it's called good news. Because it's not about us striving. It's not about us trying to do it. So here's a scripture that I love, and so I'm going to go back to a normal version here in 1 Corinthians 1. And this is Paul giving his perspective about Jesus Christ. I know I'm picking it up through a whole discussion, but we haven't got time to open it all up. 
1 Corinthians 1 verse 30. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Wow. Four things stunning. They're all gifts from God. Wisdom is the understanding of how to live life. He is our wisdom. He comes and lives his life in us and through us and teaches us by his spirit on the inside how to live in a way that's pleasing to God and gives honor to him. And it's not about me reading books and discovering philosophies and reading from the ancients. I just simply live by the spirit and the spirit, which is the spirit of Jesus, teaches me how to live. He is my wisdom. And then it goes on to say, not only is my wisdom, but he's my righteousness. I love it. I don't have to try to be righteous. Because my righteousness is just not good enough. So I'm not trying to establish my righteousness. My delight is this. I can receive his righteousness. And I stand before God. And he says, Ian is my boy. Because he has Jesus' righteousness. I'm not trying to establish my own. I'm simply receiving what comes from him. This is why new covenant, it's so different to old covenant. Not only is my, he's my righteousness, but he's my sanctification. How does he do it? He gives me his Holy Spirit, who is not only spirit, but he is holy. Deep, isn't it? And Holy Spirit, by filling me and leading me, leads me into holiness. Yeah. So fab. The more I receive of Holy Spirit, the more I drink of him, because we can drink of him every day, yeah. the more his nature gets formed in us. So Marge and I have um, developed a little routine in the morning. Did it this morning. It's like it's part of our lives now. Part of our waking up, yeah. And uh, very often it's, it's Marge that starts it. They were lying in bed after the alarm goes because we've woken up. She begins to pray. We receive your favor right now. Fresh favor for today. Receive your love. Fresh love for today. And we receive you, Holy Spirit, in fresh measure for today. Because every day, he wants to start by giving us. In the law, you start by what you've got to give him. Under grace, you start by what he wants to give you. I just receive from you. Now, it's really easy to praise once you've received. Thank you, Jesus. There's more 
of your freshness today for me, more of your love, more of your favor, more of your spirit. There's even more for me today. Now, that's just easy to say thank you, which what, what happens when Marge walks into the shower. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for a hot shower. That's, then the worship flows from behind the screen. I'm, I'm just putting it this way because it's become reality to us. It's not highfalutin, it's, it's not intellectual, it's so grounded in the reality of relationship that we have of living in Jesus and Jesus living in us. And it's all about this life of Shabbat, resting in him. You want to say something, sweetheart? Go ahead. I think just, it started for me... Um, I think it was two or three years ago when I was going through a really tough situation and I couldn't change the situation at all. And um, God just said to me, just start giving thanks. And the situation I was in, you know, it's like, what? So I'd wake up, that's when I started to wake up in the morning and it was, thank you, Jesus, I still have breath in my body. Thank you for clean sheets. And I'd go to the bathroom, thank you, I've got toothpaste. And it was everything and I just, in the end, it, I mean, it didn't take that long, but the situation did not change for a while, but I changed. And it was just so amazing. I'm thinking, wow, the key to breakthrough is Thanksgiving because you change and then your situation changes. So that's how it started. And I would start by waking up in the morning and now we both do it. And it's just wonderful because once you've received, you, you just want to give it away. Exactly. Which is my final point. <laughs> that having, that's great. Which is having freely received from the Lord, then we live full to freely give. Yeah. The only way to live life is to live it full. Yes. Full of him. So we receive from him and then we give him away. We just leak what we are filled with. And this is why Jesus is perfect provision. According to Jeremiah, all the other cisterns are just dry and empty. But he is always running because he's a fountain of life. This, this child, which was wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger, this perfect sacrifice is also our perfect peace and shalom. He's our perfect rest and Shabbat. And out of the fullness of who he is, we can say to others, receive his peace. Receive what he wants to give you because it's to give away to others as well. And what was something that I had not appreciated? Child wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, I don't understand how this is a miracle sign. I just thank you, Jesus, for even this year, you opened my eyes to see you are perfect provision. And outside of him, there is no good thing. It's all found in Jesus. So wherever you are today on your journey, I want you to know he's perfect provision. If you don't know him, then he's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world and takes away your sin so that you don't have to live in that grot. You can live in his glory.
If right now there's things that are troubling your life, I want you to know he is perfect peace. Like Marge said, for a while the situation didn't change. She changed. And as a result, the situation broke and brought her into a whole new dimension that there wasn't just peace externally, she had a new peace on the inside because there were new dimensions of the Prince of Peace. And if, if you are tired of keeping the rules, if you're tired of trying, if you're tired of making it work again, stop it. And instead of living by law of what you have to do to gain his acceptance, Put the axe to that old yoke and get his yoke. Because his yoke is easy. His burden is light. And it's about what he has done that gains your acceptance before God, not what you're doing. And living in Shabbat, in rest, will make you better all round. You'll be a better partner to your partner. You'll be a, a better parent to your child. You'll be a better work worker in the workplace. Why? Because you're living from Shabbat and not from this terrible treadmill of expectation that you've got to do more and produce more in order to be acceptable. You're already accepted because he accepts you by his grace. In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone. And we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We are family. And in this house, that means we, we love. love.